Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Mike Wallace doesn't have all that much driving experience. For the last three or four years, he's put in his views in this business. Mike Wallace comes down to the line. He'll pick up the win. It's fast car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. The battle's for the lead. Mike Wallace gets by Jason Leffler. Mike Wallace comes off turn number four. A great move in that corner. He comes to the line and will win. From grassroots to the top of the racing world. Hear the stories of NASCAR's biggest names and how they made it all the way. Who was Tony Stewart before he was Tony Stewart? I could barely make enough money to pay attention, let alone to try to survive. From the Speed Sport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass, here are your hosts, Mike Wallace and Jeff Kent. Welcome to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace, part of the Speed Sport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass. My name is Jeff Kent. Strap yourselves in, pull those belts tight. We'll take you on a journey from short tracks across America to super speedways and everything in between. We're brought to you today by Mark Fick and Ford Lincoln on South Boulevard. The team at Mark Fick and Ford Lincoln works hard every day to be a community partner in supporting their customers, local businesses, as well as being involved in local charities and programs. Visit FordLincolnCharlotte.com today for your next vehicle selection, service appointment, or collision need. Today's guest is a professional NHRA top fuel dragster driver, most notably the 2018, 2019, 2020 and 2021 NHRA Top Fuel <laughs> World Champion. He's had a total of 57 career event titles and 87 career final rounds. Over the weekend, he happened to be playing around at the Texas Motorplex in Dallas, Texas. Top speed 3.636, 336 miles an hour, Mike. Incredible. Holy Incredible. crap. Steve Torrance, welcome to the show. Say hi to Mike Wallace. Hello, guys. How you doing? Man, we're doing good. We're just still in awe about that 336 number. I'm not sure if uh, it's a big deal to you, but it was a big deal to me when I seen it. I sent Jeff a note, a text, and I says, well, I guess the mojo from him going to be on our show is rubbing off a, a few days early. And Steve, by the way, that is a thing. If you're on this show, you have success before and or after. Yeah, it, yeah. it's it's actually... Yeah, 
It's actually proven to be that way. So next race up, you'll probably win. That is perfect timing for me. So and you're I need welcome. to talk to you. I'll need to talk to you again in a couple weeks. Well, you got the number now. You got the open line. But yeah. Steve, Steve, you know the the concept of our show is that we take the race fans that know who Steve Torrance is, know that you're a four time top fuel champion, know that you run 336 mile an hour, know your dad hauls ass in in the other Capco car, and your family supportive, but. A lot of people don't know where you came from. You know, they don't know the younger days of Steve Torrance, and that's what we try to find on our show. And we found the best way to do it is let you tell the story. And yeah. so, so if you don't mind, now you got to remember, we, we got a big viewing audience. Jeff, how many people watch Actually, this? it's a listening audience, Mike. It's not a TV show. Well, it could be one day, though. Yes. The whole world is the, listening. The whole world, Steve. So no pressure. The whole world is listening. None. None. I mean, he is a world champion. World champion for a world audience. <laughs> and uh, so you take us back as far in time as you want. Give me an age where we're starting, and let's move ourselves forward from there. Well, let's just start out. I grew up in uh, a small town, Kilgore, Texas. My dad uh, always had some hot rod cars in 1987, Trans Am, and go to the local racetrack and, and hang out. You know, I was the kid running around in the pits while my dad was – street racing or, or not street racing racing the, the street car at the strip and um just been at the drag strip pretty much my whole life uh, as i got older he kind of went into the sportsman classes super comp super gas and so i was around it and i would warm the cars up and it was just a natural progression where i wanted to drive a super comp car and i started doing that in 2000 or 1998 i was 15 years old and and it makes me feel old to go back that far, but uh, started racing super comp with him and my mom and, and traveled the country, got to be good, you know, I'd never raced juniors, but uh, got to be really good friends with Erica Enders, Sean Langdon, Morgan Lucas, a bunch of the guys that I've grown up racing with, and, and some of them are still racing today. Uh, so I raced super comp for quite some time. When I was 17 years old, I had about with Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. So that took me out for about a year, year and a half. When was that, Steve? Uh, what? That would be September of 2000. I was 17 years old and I had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Wow. Uh, spent a pretty good stint of time in Baylor Medical Center there in Dallas. Did chemo, radiation, uh, and and everything. Through the blessings of the good Lord, I was able to overcome that and, and, and persevere and have been able to, to utilize my experience and hard time to help others go through that. Uh, and, and we'll get to that later. Just as, as, as I, as I went through racing, I raced super comp and, and in 2004, I met Don Perdome and, and, and a guy named Skip Allum and talked to him about, uh, going to the next level. What, how do I go there? And they said, well, you know, and if you know Snake at all, I mean, he was real cool when he said, oh, he yeah. like, hey, Snake, Snake's been a family friend of ours for a long time. So, yeah, he goes, yeah, kid, you know, you need to you need to drive an alcohol car if you can. And if you can do good at that, maybe you can drive one of these one day. Did he have the and, toothpick uh, in his mouth? Was had the toothpick and kind of <laughs> looking at you through the corner of his eye. And uh, it, was, it was funny. He didn't really remember that story, but I was talking to him uh he came over I'm, I'm real good buddies with richard tharp and uh he came over with tharp and was hanging out at indy and i was telling him and he was laughing about it but 
So I had the opportunity in 2005 to go race a top alcohol dragster. I drove an A fuel car. Uh, it was after the accident that that Shelly Howard had. She she had a blowover and and lost her life in the wreck. Mm. And her her husband and her team wanted to continue racing. And so I drove that car starting in June of 2005. And by the end of the year at Dallas, we had wrapped up the Alcohol Dragster World Championship. Um, I, I, the, the following year, I got partnered up with Evan Knoll from Torco Race Fuels and had a chance to drive a top fuel car. And I will, I will say that was the beginning of the end for me. That was... That was where I decided that there was no other race car that I desired to drive other than a top fuel car or a funny car. Uh, everything else just didn't meet the expectation of how quick and, and how fast that was. And so that started my career in a, in a top fuel car in 06. Uh, throughout that time, I was able to to race with Dexter Tuttle and, and really gained valuable driving experience and, and you know that car there was there was times when it was really good there was times when it wasn't that good but it made me a better driver today for driving that race car and then in 2011 my family and I decided that if we were going to continue down this road we needed to be in control of our own destiny and so we started our own top fuel team about midway through 2011 and worked night and day and I'd gotten in contact with Richard Hogan and, and some other folks at the time and started that team. And, and we raced the last two races of 11 and then started full-time in 2012. And it, it really came together very quickly. Uh, the, the success came quicker than I, I think anyone expected, especially us. I won my first race in, Atlanta that year against Tony Schumacher in the final. And uh, I actually have that helmet that Tony was wearing uh, that race. Uh, he and I later in the year, I told him I wanted, to, I wanted that helmet. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, we'll race for it. <laughs> and we were at, we raced, we raced for helmets in Bristol later that year. And he came over and handed it to me, which it was, it was really cool. I respect Tony a lot as a driver and, and the things he's been able to accomplish and just the guy's got ice in his veins. He goes up there and, and, and is the machine every time he needs to be. And, and um, you know, you, you look up to guys like that and drivers like that because when they're in the high tense, high pressure situations and have to make it happen, he typically does. And, and so you, you aspire to be that kind of driver. So backing up just for a second, when you won that first race at Atlanta with your own family team, how many races into the season was that? How long, how many races did you run as your, your own team? Um, you know, the two from the previous year in 11, and, and I would say, I mean, you know as well as I do, the longer you do this, the more all of it runs together. Oh, but I yeah, would say yeah. That, yeah, Atlanta's typically in the first third of first, the season. So, so within the first 10 races, probably, of your Oh, for sure. Team. Within the first 10 races, probably six, seven races into it. Um, and I think we had went to the final or went to the semis or something at Houston the week before. And and my dad, my dad at that time, which, I mean, he still doesn't, but my, he, he said, I'm going to the race. You guys are going to win, and I'm going to be there when you win. And so... He went to Atlanta with us, and we won the race. And 
you know, I'll never forget it. I mean, it was it was such a just drain of emotion. You'd worked so hard and so much time and effort had went into something and to get that round win and then the wreck, you know, go to the final and then win the race. It was it was elation and then just a complete rush of oh i'm wore out i'm tired we finally got here now we can we can kind of move forward you you know i I tell everybody all the time the first time you do anything is the most difficult it's the most difficult to win your first round your first race your first championship all of the first are the most difficult and once you figure out you can do it and it's just the same thing you do over and over uh, you are able to mentally overcome some of the pressure and the stress that you put on yourself. Yeah, I agree with you about that. But it's really nice to win the first when there's an inaugural event or something like that. I, I, oh, had, yeah. Yeah. I had the pleasure to win the inaugural truck race at Daytona back in 2000. And I, I tell people today, I said, look, man, there's been 22 other winners, but there's never been a first, except <laughs> for me. Never been a first. <laughs> yeah, I was the first, and there's nobody going to ever take that away from yeah, me. Let's not forget, too, that some people drive their whole lives and never win a championship. I mean, they might win one race <laughs> or two red race here, race there, which is great. Yeah. Because we, we've had drivers on, you know, every week that say, you have no idea how hard it is to win at this level. Yeah, yeah. So, well, so- even – there's even drivers that race for a long time that never win a race. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I don't have any first, but I do have some last. I was the last person to win at English town. So, you know, I'm the type of guy, Steve, that I, I take all those tidbits and when somebody wants to, uh, you know, there's a lot of people love beating you down more than telling you how good you did. And my little brother, Kenny and I talk about this a lot because he's Mr. Full of humor all the time. And it's like, (laughs) You know, a guy goes, oh, what'd you do? Did you win a race? And I go, yeah, wh- where was that last race you won at? I just don't remember you winning. <laughs> well, I, I, well, that's what I thought. <laughs> so, you know, you, so you just, it's a good tool. Yeah, man, I won last, last race at Englishtown. When did you win there? I don't remember the date you won. You know, it shuts them right <laughs> yeah. up. And you have fun. It's a, it's a pride thing is what it really is. It's, it's like, I, look, we've accomplished a lot, and here's just a couple of things that – and uh, you appreciate the people that acknowledge that, but you love to shove it right up to guy that doesn't give you any respect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So as that year is going on, that that first year of a full ownership, you win Atlanta, and how does does the year progress at that time? No, it's been it's been almost. Well, 11 years ago now, and so... Yeah, what did the first year go like, though? What did the the rest of that year go like? Uh, uh, We won Atlanta. I think we won Englishtown. If I remember correctly, I think we went to five finals and won three of them the first year. And that just kind of blew my mind. I was like, I've been doing this for a long time and haven't had any success like this, and now here we are. I probably should have done this a long time ago, but... um, I, I started putting a group of guys together and it took a couple years to get that group really solidified. But even today I have 90% of the same team from 2013 till, till now. Really? Great. Um, Congratulations. I've, I've had a couple guys that just point blank retired. They just went home. They were tired of racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that that continuity is, is a lot of the, the, a lot to attribute to our success, but you know, that, that whole 2011 or 2012 season was, uh, 
really surreal. You know, you, you, I, I'm overwhelmed with what all is happening, the success that we're having. And I'm still a, in an early 30 or a late 20s kid that's out there living my dream and doing well at it and winning and, and just you, you don't know if you're ever going to get to that point. And then when you get to that point, you're like, I'm here, but how long is it going to last? And I mean, you work so hard and so diligently to get to a spot. And then you look around and you're like, I'm here, but what do I do now? Yeah, we got a few seconds left in this session, but did you enjoy it? Were you having fun doing it? Or was it like it's constant pressure on you all the time that year? No, no. I think that I had the absolute best time of my life. I, I was I, I was too naive and, and young to really be pressured up about it and, and have much stress. It was just like, heck, we're out here kicking butt and winning, and I don't even know how. <laughs> That's perfect, isn't it, Josh? You're still kicking butt and winning, but do you know how now? Yeah. I, still, I still don't know how, but I, now it's expected of me. Back then, it wasn't. Yeah. Well, why don't we take a break and we'll, we'll good pick spot it back for up. a timeout. We'll come back and chat more. We're talking to four-time NHRA Top Fuel World Champion Steve Torrance. You're listening to Fast Car and NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speedsport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass and NASCAR Digital Media. Hi, it's Mike Wallace. You need to get behind the wheel of a vehicle that's built tough with Mark Ficken Ford Lincoln. Right now, you can get $500 off any new or used vehicle that we have in stock. That's right, $500 off any vehicle that's currently in stock. To take advantage of this deal, simply visit FordLincolnCharlotte.com slash Wallace. Don't miss out on this opportunity to save big on our entire inventory. Get $500 off of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs at Mark Ficken Ford Lincoln on South Boulevard now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Speedsport Podcast Studios. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Mark Fick and Ford Lincoln on South Boulevard. The team at Mark Fick and Ford Lincoln works hard every day to be a community partner in supporting their customers, local businesses, as well as being involved in local charities and programs. Visit FordLincolnCharlotte.com today for your next vehicle selection, service appointments, or collision need. We're talking to four-time NHRA Top Fuel World Champion Steve Torrance. And once again, here's Mike Wallace. Well, Steve, we were talking about the 2011-2012 season. I think 2011 was the season, full first full season for your team. I'm assuming because you have had the iconic sponsorship of your of your family, your your company, Capco Contractors, on ever since I've seen you race. What well, was that? What the car looked like back then? Yes, it, yes, sir. Uh, we so when we raced with Dexter back in, you know, six through 11, uh, we always had Capco on the car 
in some aspect. Uh, the last couple of years, it was the primary. Um, but since we've started torrent racing in our own team, it, it's always been a Capco car and in some variation of red, white, and black. And pretty much, uh, pretty much, you know, there's only so much you can do to a long, skinny triangle to make them look cool. So yeah. <laughs> throw some colors on them and throw some colors and some letters on them. But we're very proud of that. We're, we're, uh, I'd say small, but we're five, 600 employee pipeline construction company. And we have a lot of support from everybody that works there. Uh, a lot of the gas companies that, that we work for are big supporters and followers of us. And it's really branded us in the pipeline industry as the, as the guys that, I mean, we got a big race car, you know? And, yeah. and so, uh, it, it's been pretty cool. It, it, it's, it's it's really neat when you can do it on your own and all the guys back at work because i work every day at capco and 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 every one of my wallies that i have from top fuel is in my office and i'm proud of that so that those guys can come in and see see the success that we've had see the championship trophies see the wit the race wins we've had and they're part of that team because without them we couldn't do it yeah i've heard you say that over the years i'm really I'd like to congratulate you for recognizing your organization, and it's your own organization. Help me just for a second, and this kind of goes to the business side, but I really enjoyed what you said. When you – these jobs that you have, these pipeline jobs and that, due to the success of your drag race team, does it open any doors for you guys for any additional business? Does – do you use the racetrack to – to socialize with your customers or existing customers, kind of secure that customer base in any way? 100%, that's what we do with it. We don't really acquire any new business okay. um, from it, but we do utilize it to entertain people that we work with day in and day out, just as a time to thank them, tell them how much we appreciate working with them, and then just bring them into the world of racing. Because a lot of people... Uh, that I've taken to the racetrack were not race fans whatsoever, much less drag racing fans. And when they get to the racetrack and they get to see, hear, feel 11,000 horsepower, they're automatically the guys that are texting me every Friday night, Friday night and Saturday morning now that, man, we're watching it on TV. We had our TV as loud as it could go on surround sound, and it still doesn't feel the same, but <laughs> we know what it feels like now. And, and good lap, good job. And then also you get those texts on Monday that I lost in, in the final there at Dallas, and they're like, you were late on the tree, man. Get your crap together. <laughs> so, so that's that's called water cooler talk on Monday morning. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, Yeah, and let me tell you, I don't know if it went this way for you, but it used to be, be for me. If I won a race, anybody that was involved, man, did you see how good we did on Sunday? We won the race. <laughs> Now, if we didn't yes. win, it was, that damn Mike Wallace sucks. Got to be the driver. Driver, yeah. driver didn't hit that road right. You know, he Man, he could have drove it in that, the corner a little deeper. You know, absolutely, it's a us and them deal because eventually they're with us, and then you do bad, and they're standing there pointing the finger. I agree hundred percent with that. Yeah, I just I did a little studying about Capco over the weekend just because I knew you were coming on, and, and it was really unique because it tied into an article that Hendrick cars.com put out rick hendrick's organization and they were talking about everybody thinks that uh kyle larson in the cup series is sponsored by hendrickcars.com just because mr hendrick owns the company and instead of going and getting a sponsor he just put his own on there and and the president of 
of HendrickCars.com, who's a different person, says, no way whatsoever. This is a business deal for us, and it works well. We use it for hospitality. We use it for, you know, Internet marketing. He says, we're not told, told we have to sponsor this car. So I like hearing that your company is utilizing it, not not just to, you know, pay for your way to play, but, you know, that it pays dividends for the company at the same time. It does, and we're able to entertain clients all over the United States. You know, we're – we're typically a, a South Central uh, located business. That's where we do 99% of our work. We have gone all the way up to Chicago and, and done some work as well. But um, clients don't want, I mean, you don't, you have, now we only have one race in Texas and that's Ennis. And so we probably had a couple hundred people at the racetrack this weekend, but throughout the year, we'll have people that want to go to a race and, and they'll combine that in with, some family trip that they may have I have some guys that come out to sonoma that go to visit their their family uh in san francisco and then come up to the race for a day or two in 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 the wine country and and it, it really makes it nice and the ability to get somebody out of a work setting just sit down and talk and 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 get to know them on a different level um uh, you you build those relationships and that's at the end of the day, all business, all sponsorships, all work, everything is about relationships at some point in time. And uh, you you got to produce, you got to be on on top of your game and and do what you say and 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 say what you do. But um, without with with that, you build that relationship and and that guy or that gal that you're working with or for trusts you, and uh, it, it strengthens strengthens that bond. Now, I got to ask you a serious question, and we're going to get back to performance and all that. But I, I like, again, I like the business part because business has to tie into all this. So, everything I read says you actually work. And you mentioned yeah. you work. Do you really work in the company or do you just show up? No, no, no. I'm there every day. Uh, today, I'm actually in Hondo, Texas right now. And uh, one of my project managers and myself flew down to Austin this morning to check on a project. And then just shot over to Hondo and are checking on another project and then going to be heading back home uh, here this afternoon. But I, I, I'm at work every day. Um, I fly into the races on Friday mornings. I fly out Sunday nights and I'm at Capco at 530 on Monday morning every day. What kind of airplane do you fly around on? So I personally fly around in a Bonanza. Okay. Uh, we got a jet that we go to the races in and then I, I have a Bonanza. Perfect. All right, go, let's get back to the performance side and the original, the start of Capco contracting race team. 2012 will move to, we were 2011. First of all, where did you first start your race team at, your, your top fuel team at? What okay, so, so, well, the, the, the year we talked about was 2012. 2011 was just two races, and then 2012 is where we, okay. we had the, the, the wins. And uh, we started the race team in Brownsburg, Indiana, right off the bat. Okay. Um, that's where 90 five percent of the teams are based out of was it that uh, way back then too because that seems like a long time ago from there but maybe it, it wasn't it, it it was that way as well i mean it they've been there the better part of 20 years the majority of the teams okay um so by re we we rent shop space from john force and have been there since day one we've got uh i would say we got over ten thousand square feet of shop space right there uh, maybe t actually probably 20,000 square feet of shop space, a couple offices. Uh, it takes a lot of space to, to run. I mean, you know, it takes a lot of space to run these teams. We don't, 
we don't build all of our stuff in-house. Uh, we do have a little machine shop where we can build a lot of the parts and pieces that we need, but nothing as far as engine stuff or anything like that. You know, we can do our own fabrication. We're trending towards doing our own cars in-house just to do the front half and back half. But it's, uh, it's a big deal. And, and the biggest part about being based in, in Brownsburg is employees all those guys live there there's there's job security living there if things don't work out with us or things don't work out with the next team they can go next door and find a job and and it's centrally located it's it's just easy yeah it's funny right where we're located doing this podcast today is at speed sports studios in mooresville north carolina well about three miles from here is a couple of the what we call the race parks a lot of race teams are based in them and years ago, it used to be kind of funny. You, you'd, you'd go through and you see a guy literally sitting in the back of his truck or a, somebody driving his truck, and he's pulling his toolbox down the road. Yeah. Because he, he got a job at another team down the street, you know, <laughs> yeah. or up the street. And uh, so the talent pool was there. Okay. How did you, how, when you started that team, what, what determined the people you hired? Because that, that was a crucial point. How did you, uh, did you know these people or did you have people that, said you know steve this is who you guys really need to hire and this is how it needs to start well my first pick was richard hogan he's been with me since day one and uh he and i were friends before uh just i really put all of my trust in him we hired a couple key personnel and then at that time it it's all just going back based on relationships based on people that that they had worked with in the past and maybe a new guy here and there that we could train and um 2012 was was the year of building uh and then 2013 we really started getting some we, we had good guys in, in 11 and 12 but in 13 we we acquired a couple guys that had been with clay milliken for all of those championships over in ihra and then bobby and dom lagana came on board with us um and I, I look back and and I, it's it's things that I haven't looked at or thought about in a long time. But you 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 see pictures occasionally, and I'm like, man, I was a lot skinnier and a lot younger looking, and so were <laughs> these guys. And I'm looking around, and we're all old and fat and got kids, and you know, it's like, man, we've we've we're still in the same place doing the same thing. We're just older. Yeah, you might just be older. You're not fat, dude. Just let me tell you. You're a little bitty guy. Your your cowboy hat's bigger than you are. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So, um, hey, yeah, tell me, uh, one of your crew members, you just mentioned Bobby and Dom Logano or Lagana. Yeah. I, I, I don't know those guys, but I've heard their names so much over the years. Where... where is it they're famous because of working on teams like yours, or did they race or own their own teams or something at one time? Okay, so so let, let, let's I'll just give you the whole rundown. So, but I didn't really know Bobby and Dom very well. Mm -hmm. I knew of them, and I needed some help. And they were going through a tough time with some stuff in their family. They just lost their dad. And they raced. They have raced their whole lives. I don't know if either one of those guys have had a job other than racing ever. Pretty and smart guys, aren't they, Jeff? Smart <laughs> guys. And so they had raced with their, their dad, and, and Bobby had driven, and and Dom had driven, and that's what they did. They, I mean, they live and breathe 
drag racing and they're from new york and so when I, when when we got them to come help us they came from new york or wherever they were at to my race shop in indy in the hauler like in the 18 wheeler truck in the big rig that's <laughs> what they came in no trailer just the truck because that was the only vehicle they owned Look and at that storyline, Jeff. That's that's a cool vehicle, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> tell tell yeah. them the, tell them the so, story. So we always, every guest that we have an opportunity to that has driven south or driven, say, to Indiana from, you know, points east or west or whatever, we always ask them, when, when, when you drove there, what was your personal car? What kind of a car did you have? And we, we get stories about, you know, Todd Bodine's at the top of the list right now, I tell everybody, because he drove from New York to Charlotte in a Chevette. Yeah, <laughs> but Lagan, that those boys rode in a semi, so that great story. Yeah, that, That's pretty yeah. cool. And so they came there, and um, that was 2013. I think at some point in time, Dom had gone back to New York and needed to do something and bought a car off Craigslist and drove it back. So he had a car for a little while, um, and Dom dom had had a lot more going on than bobby so bobby basically moved to indy then but he just moved into the comfort suites hotel there in brownsburg and has actually lived there up until i think about 2020 mm -hmm. so so we dom lived in the biggest house of anybody we know with the most rooms and and no yard maintenance and and room service and everything <laughs> is what we told him <laughs> so um that's funny you say that there's a my my son-in-law has got a got an employee that he's a contract employee and they're in the greenhouse business here in north carolina and this gentleman's from amsterdam so for 23 years that i know of he's lived in a hotel down the street here no kidding. yeah he says why the hell do i want to own my own house he says somebody figure there's breakfast there every morning somebody comes and cleans up after me <laughs> and he's just thrilled it can be it's I, <laughs> I think i would just get tired yeah. of it <laughs> yeah well, this is a good spot for a timeout let's take a time out here we'll come back and talk some more we're talking to four-time nhra top fuel world champion steve torrance you're listening to fast car to nascar with mike wallace on the speed sport podcast network powered by my race pass and nascar digital media Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace is teaming up with Mark Fick and Ford Lincoln on South Boulevard to save you money on your vehicle purchase. Right now, you can get $500 off any new or used vehicle in stock. Hey, Mike, there's a landing page online with all the info you need to take advantage of this offer. FordLincolnCharlotte.com slash Wallace. You can view inventory and more. You can even listen to any of the 80-plus episodes of Fast Car to NASCAR while there. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app.
That's all one word, Broomgate. Welcome back to the Speedsport Podcast Studios. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Mark Fick and Ford Lincoln on South Boulevard. The team at Mark Fick and Ford Lincoln works hard every day to be a community partner in supporting their customers, local businesses, as well as being involved in local charities and programs. Visit FordLincolnCharlotte.com today for your next vehicle selection, service appointment, or collision need. We're talking to four-time NHRA Top Fuel World Champion Steve Torrance. Once again, here's Mike Wallace. Well, Steve, as we said during the break, I get going in a different direction, and the show's all about you, but we get talking about some of your crew members because they're famous in the drag race world, and uh, people that follow it want to know what's going on. So uh, we'll jump back to you there, but I was asking about the Lugana brothers. And uh, so so let's go on 2013, how it, uh, the season started. You got those guys coming to work for you. What goes on there? Well, at that time, you know, I, I, I just, I can't remember what was, what all was going on. I think Richard had missed a race or something. Uh, and so we brought the Laganas in and, and they really strengthened the program. They, these guys have, have been racing forever, but never really been in the mainstream. They've, they've kind of came in and helped a few people, but they always did their own thing. They had their own race truck or own race car. They, I mean, you, you can look them up. They had, they had a ramp truck that they carried their top fuel car on. So the nose is sticking, you know, 15 <laughs> foot up in the air and they're driving this thing around. It's the epitome of just the die hard racer. And they're very intelligent. They're very smart. They, they, they ran well with what they had. They just didn't have, you know a whole lot they didn't have a big budget they didn't have all of the fancy stuff but they went out and they put on a good show they did a lot of match races and and it was it was that kind of guy that really are those kind of guys that really fit well with myself with my family with the the culture of people that we are and it's it that was the beginning of what we have now that was the beginning of the Capco boys, as, as I say, when, when I, when I jump out of the car and I say, how about those Capco boys? I mean, I'm referring to every one of those guys because what Bobby and Dom have, have created in the culture and just, you can, you can pay people to do a lot of stuff, but you cannot pay people to care. And, and when people care about where they're at and what they're doing and the equipment and the people and, and, and everything that's happening where they work, and and they're vested into it they appreciate it more they work harder they try harder they do everything above and beyond and it really from 13 uh, 14 15 16 we you know that just we created that culture and that that mindset and that team and that group of guys and and you and you saw it start to come to fruition in 2017 i mean you know it it wasn't that we didn't have success through that time but it was it was a build-up to what was coming to the to the performance to the dominance that we had through those 18 through 21 and and it was all the back work and and the build-up to that created by every one of those guys that was led by bobby Lagana and and 
So Bobby was a spearhead at the race shop. Why I'm asking this, it intrigues me because I'm assuming most of the time, and correct me if I'm saying this wrong, you're probably in Texas trying to make money to run Capco to make sure you got enough money to go drag racing on. Absolutely. That's that's exactly how that works. Bobby is... And so Bobby's the the general manager, president, whatever title you want to put on him, back at the shop. He's the guy motivating everybody. Then at that point, he's the guy that motivates everyone. Richard lives in, Richard Hogan lives in Ennis, Montana. I live in Kilgore, Texas. Bobby is there day in day out at the shop. He's there. You can call him at eight o'clock tonight, and he'll be there. You can call him at six o'clock in the morning, he'll be there. Okay. I mean, he lives and breathes it. Uh, and and it's it's a type of team that really doesn't need much leadership or direction because every one of those guys on that team know what they have to do. They know what their responsibility is and they do it. If they get finished early, they go help the next guy. And if they all get finished early and and don't have anything going on, well, they might take a three day weekend or, you know, they might take off on a Monday or, or whatever, but they all know the, the responsibility and the duty of what has to be done. And they're all race. They're all race savvy. They're all racers. And and at the end of the day, they're not just there for a job. They're there because they're family. I mean, we, you know, we. I know all. Of, they all. They're all uncle to my little girl. They're all. I'm all uncle to their kids. And yeah. it's just we're we're a really tight knit group. And uh, when you have that, it's it's just a completely different dynamic. I mean, you know, you're a racer. You live. 90% of the year on the road or, or whatever, and you're living with those guys. And it's as a team, as a team guy that works on the car and stays in the hotel and has to drive up and down the road and do all the stuff. I mean, it, it can wear on you. And if you don't really enjoy the people you're working with, it could be miserable. Yeah. So, so you start, what do we have? 2017 was the first championship. 2018. No, 2018. Was, okay. Eighteen was the first championship. Seventeen, I think we won. A, we won eight races that year. Uh, that's the year that we had the big wreck in Dallas. Lost a tire, hit the wall. Uh, and with that being said, there was just a few races left in the countdown for the championship. And we had we had really dominated all of seventeen. Dominated the first part of the countdown, and then we wrecked that car. Our backup car wasn't quite. Uh, up to par with what we needed as far as information wise. I mean, the car was great and everything was great, the parts and all that, but we didn't have the, the data and the information on that car like we did the one that we had destroyed in the wreck. And so it, it derailed us. Uh, we finished second that year. We finished third in 16, second in 17. And then in 2018, I was the most hungry I've ever been, the most determined, the most driven, the most focused. It was it was such a huge letdown to not win the championship and and have it just seemingly taken from you at the at you know on the last last basically the last day of the season. And in 18 we went out there. I think we won I think we won 11 races, 5 in the regular season and six in the countdown were the only team only driver to ever win all six races of the countdown and uh i'll tell you it even though i was confident even though i was i was driving really really well it's probably the most stressful time of my life is is everybody's 
building up because you won the first, you won the second, you won the third. Now, now can you win the fourth? Can you win the fifth? And we go into Pomona. We've won five of the of the the first five countdown races. We've won all of them. It's in the final round against Tony Schumacher, which the guy that you know seems to pull rabbits out of the hat all the time and win. Uh, and we go up there, and I beat Tony in the final on a hole shot. Um, and it just, you know, it was icing on the cake for the the fairy tale story that we were living and and doing at the time. It was probably one of the coolest points of my of my probably the most memorable point of my racing career up till now, and and most likely ever. To yeah. win that many events in a row is absolutely amazing. But leading up to 2018, obviously, you talked about your team and how everybody wants to be there, how well everybody works together. But 2018, 2019, 2020, and 2021, you must have found something before the 2018 season. What could that have been? Well, we really had found it in the 2017 season, and it was just, it was consistency in the race car and the ability to maybe not be the fastest race car at every race, but be by far the most consistent race car. And what that created was uh, a sense of dominance that if I pull up there and to race Steve Torrance, they may not run 65, but they're going to run 70 flat every single time, hot, cold, whatever. They're going to be really quick. And he's going to be on the tree. And if we don't do something extraordinary, they're going to beat us. And it and it, we won a lot of races through that that time frame by people messing up. We had we had created an image and 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 some and something that you had to. We didn't mess up. You had to beat us. And so a lot of cars beat themselves trying to beat us. You were the Capco boys. Yeah. Right? I mean, and that's boys. easy to yeah. say, but it's not easy to do. You well, know what I'm you saying? know, I'm going to kind of add with what you're saying, Jeff, tying some stories together. Back in 2000, when I won the inaugural truck race at Daytona, drove for a guy by the name of Jim Smith, and we went on a roll. We won a lot of big races, and we nicknamed our team after the second race the Ultra, because he owned Ultra Wheel Company out in mm -hmm. California. The ultra bad boys. And we <laughs> yep. half-ass intimidated the competition because yeah. we made T-shirts up and hats, and we were, like, full on. And one of my ideas when we went during the winter, I says, look, tell me that we're going to pull down pit road. Final pit stop of the day, 10 laps to go. We're leading the race. We're going to come down pit road. Are we going to leave first? And it was the first time he said, well, we can't guarantee that. I said, well, then we need to, guarantee, we need to do whatever to guarantee it. Yeah. We got to prove to everybody that we're really good, you know. The, the the gut you know the psyche of the game yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah so uh, it was the capco bad boys there yeah, yeah. Bad boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so have you guys ever seen uh the movie tombstone i have not no, i haven't either oh my gosh what what's wrong with you guys yeah, rich is shaking his head yeah that's what he's rich saying has. he's on the other side <laughs> of the... So we're, we're living rich, a sheltered rich, life rich, i guess you got to get on Netflix and watch that like tonight, so you know what I'm talking about. Okay. But, uh, there's a scene there when they're going to have the showdown, and, and and it's it's all of the, it's the Ert boys and 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 Doc Holliday and all of them, and they come around the end of the 
the end of the street corner down there and they're all in black trench coats and cowboy hats and revolvers are hanging out and one of them's holding a shotgun and and i mean it's all business and it's about to go down and and it's just a, a very menacing look of six or eight guys walking down that street shoulder to shoulder coming and you know that they're bringing it with them and i've got a picture in my office of i'm in the car and all my guys are pushing me up to the starting line and, and it's 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 eerie because it to me it's that same look that same feeling that we're here to deal with business we're not going to lose and you're just in our way yeah. and, you know steve that could be a texas thing though you know what i mean oh it's got to be a texas thing yeah i i think that's that that restages and resets you have that vision you got this show that you're watching so i think a cool photo shoot this week Right with the with the long you get, get all the guys gathered yeah. up. You fly up to India or some for a day, with hire a photographer, and, out. Just, and, you, and then print them in big posters and walk them around and tape them to the back of everybody's truck and just put the Capco boys. On yeah, it. and just caption it. Yeah, that's a great idea. We're, we're, You're welcome. Steve. Just a picture. No charge a, a for picture that. Picture of us with some a wanted picture with yeah. some bullet holes on yeah, it. Or yeah, something. that's a great marketing idea. There you go. Yeah. So, so 2017, right? 2017, 18, 19, and 20, you win the championship. Actually, 18, 19, no, no. 20, 18, 18, okay. 18 through 21. 18 and through 21. Okay. 18 was the year we ran the countdown. And honestly, 19, 20, and 21, they all kind of run together because you just, you you know what I'm saying. When you get into that zone and everything is just, going and happening you you never look up you just work hard and keep your head down and i think i i think that somebody could probably look this up but i believe in that four-year stretch maybe five-year stretch we won more races than anyone ever uh there was a couple years where we won between eight and eleven races a year uh the one the one year I think there was only 11 races during 20, and we won seven of them. Wow, so, that's got to feel good, doesn't it? Oh, it felt great. That's called and dominance. Yeah. yeah, That was dominance. And, and so throughout that time, you know, I've, I've admittedly not been a fan of the points reset and all that. But throughout those championships, uh, we've never benefited from the points resetting. We've always went into the championship number one at the reset, and then able to hold on to that lead throughout the the six countdown races and win the championship. So uh, even if it were just the old way of of start at the first of the year, whoever gets the most points wins, we would have wanted every one of those ways. Um, and including that's if that were the outcome, we would have done it in seventeen also. So to 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 put it into perspective, I mean it's just unreal the dominance that we had, the amount of races we won. I, I think of. I'm I'm at fifty something races now, and forty over forty of them came in a very short period of time. Yeah, you guys, I mean that's something to be proud of, no doubt. We'll take a time out here, come back, talk some more with Steve Torrance, four-time NHRA Top Fuel World Champion. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass and NASCAR Digital Media. 
Hi, it's Jeff Kent. You need to get behind the wheel of a vehicle that's built tough with Mark Ficken Ford Lincoln. Right now, you can get $500 off any new or used vehicle that we have in stock. That's right, $500 off any vehicle currently in stock. To take advantage of this deal, simply visit FordLincolnCharlotte.com slash Wallace. Don't miss out on this opportunity to save big on our entire inventory. Get $500 off new or used cars, trucks, and SUVs at Mark Ficken Ford Lincoln on South Boulevard now. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to the Speed Sport Podcast Studios. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Mark Fick and Ford Lincoln on South Boulevard. The team at Mark Fick and Ford Lincoln works hard every day to be a community partner in supporting their customers, local businesses, as well as being involved in local charities and programs. Visit FordLincolnCharlotte.com today for your next vehicle selection, service appointment, or collision need. We're talking to four-time NHRA Top Fuel World Champion Steve Torrance one more time, here's Mike Wallace. Well, Steve, we've been talking about you and the Capco boys, but I tell you, because my, I'm driven by family racing. My older brother, Rusty, myself, Kenny, my father raced back in the day. And I love watching you race your team at the racetrack via television or live because it appears to me your mom is really big into racing and pro- oh, yeah. probably the biggest fan for the whole team. And then your dad is still driving, and over the weekend, he, if if you were just a hair tardy, he was going to kick your butt. You weren't going to the finals <laughs> because he, he, he knows how to make that baby go. He hits that loud pedal big time. You know, my mom is known across the country and at all racetracks as Mama K. She is a mother to every one of those guys on my race team, and you don't believe it, just ask them because she'll – She'll praise you or she'll chew on your butt a little bit uh, if you're not doing right. Me and everyone, everyone else on that team. Uh, and uh, she is the team owner. She, that's her team. We do as she says and we do as she says immediately. But uh, we have a great time. My dad, you know, he hadn't been in the car in a long time. Uh, last year sometime. And I, like I said, it all runs together. But we put him in the car on Monday after Brainerd, and it was unbelievable that he got in it and he drove it just like he'd never gotten out of it, and drove it straight and shut it off early and or on time, and and it's pretty decent on the tree. And I'm like, crap, it makes me look bad. <laughs> and so, yeah, you do this stuff every week. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm out here doing this every week, and I'm screwing up. And and I think sometimes as a driver, when you don't get in the car as often, you're not complacent and you get in there and you think about what you're doing a lot more and you concentrate and focus a lot more and you, and you do better. And, uh, when you're in there all the time, you kind of, you're a little relaxed and you you think, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm, I'm doing this and doing that. And, and you complacency doesn't, uh, it's not that you're unsafe, but maybe you're not as good and on top of your game as you should be. And, and he showed up to Dallas 
got off the trailer and goes out there and they got the car they told me what they were going to try to run and it run like four or five hundreds quicker than what they were trying to run it went 70 flat and then the next pass they go 66 and i'm like this guy makes this look easy <laughs> uh, so it, it was we always like to race at the texas races we've been really busy at, at, at work at capco and one thing you, you we have a hard time finding uh enough people to run both cars especially when you don't run a full schedule with with the car finding part-time guys that just want to come in and work on one or two weekends that's difficult but bobby and richard were able to do that for dallas get him out there and honestly he was a huge help i mean the that car which you know everybody has their their opinions and 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 whatever but when we race when when capco cars race each other they race mm-hmm. we don't lay down my dad is my dad has given me a lot and a lot of opportunities but he doesn't hand me anything i have to earn it and i have to work for it and that was very evident in the semifinals when we won by seven thousandths against him and you have uh, seven thousand it was like a it was like 12 inches it's, you know, ama- with the yeah, it's, it's amazing. just amazing how close those cars just out of curiosity how old is your dad he's 65 all right yeah. i i still yeah, got he- time <laughs> yeah, that's that's still right. got time. <laughs> he takes me and he does. You're on the young really side good. of that, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, but I'm excited when I see your dad race. And I, I never met the man. I just watch what TV shows. And you, as you say, Mama K's there. And man, just it's exciting. It just kind of ramps the whole, uh, I call it TV or watching the Capco Boys experience up. Because when you guys run well, they're hopped up. They're, you know, you got an enthusiastic race team, which is fun. And uh, it, it's nice to have guys that work really hard, really smart, but have fun doing it. That's uh, it's hard to put that all together. So we're getting well, close I mean, to the I, end of the season. We're getting close to the end of the show. Steve, bring us up to date with where where the team is right now, with just a couple events to go. Uh, so we've we've only won one race this season. The majority of that's going to be my fault. I've I've messed up a couple of them, and they've messed up a couple of them. But as a whole, I think that we've had one of the most consistent race cars across the board uh justin ashley led the points pretty much all year and we were second with him uh and he won six races so it just tells you the consistency that we had we didn't we didn't win a lot but we went a lot of rounds and so we we entered into the countdown second and have stayed stayed in that position uh we fell back to third after the last race uh, we're still in third, but we closed the gap. I think we're 53 or 54 points out of third, uh, uh, out of first and third. And after the Dallas race, we lost in the final to Leah, uh, Leah Stewart. And we're 14 points out of first and four points out of second. So you get 20 points for every round. So it, it's it's definitely been, that was a good race at, at Dallas. We need could have used the win for sure to to get us in the points lead but to say that the top three cars are less than one round apart going into the final two races i think number four is is about a hundred points behind me so unless something drastically changes pomona is going to be a really really tough race going into the final race of the season and 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 just a dog fight for the championship i mean it's leah Doug Glitta and myself and uh, Doug's been there a couple different times and not been able to to get it done and Leah I don't think has ever just really been in real contention for a championship 
that I can remember. Uh, but that whole team over there, Tony Stewart came in and 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 hired a great group of guys, and and they've done really well. He's got Matt Hagen over there, so I mean that whole team has won numerous championships, and so it's just going to be a dogfight all the way to the end. I feel like uh, I feel like we can do it. I'm probably the most experienced in this situation, and I'm going to have to rely on that and just drive the best I can. I know. After leaving Dallas, I feel as if I have the best race car that I've had in the last two years. That thing is is just on mean, super fast. Ran ran my career quickest ET there, went 363. I think that's the fifth quickest elapsed time of all time. Uh, so, uh, and and with that being said, I went back and talked to Richard, and and if anybody that knows Richard, he kind of talks like Kermit the Frog. He goes, "I think I could have run 62." <laughs> uh, Tell him something. Like, we'll do it. Just do it. Yeah, you're you're it, Hogan. So, um, so let, let me say this, and correct me if I'm saying it wrong, because I, I I get a lot of times I get really confused on ET versus mile per hour. You know, I don't something doesn't equate in my brain to how to, but. That that speed you ran because I think I even texted you three hundred and thirty six mile an hour right isn't that what that number was? It is and and so for us speed doesn't really mean anything. I mean you can get you can get the speed record and 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 Brittany I think Brittany and a couple other guys have been three thirty eight. Um, Mike Salinas in Charlotte ran was the first car to ever run three hundred miles an hour to the eighth mile. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, at 2.75 seconds, we have a rev limiter that activates to keep us from going much quicker or much faster. Uh, and so you get, if you run 338 miles an hour, you run 300 to the eighth. In that, that last 340 feet, you're only gaining 38 miles an hour. So the car still is accelerating but not nearly like it did in the first half. And when we went 63 Friday night there in Dallas, we ran 299.50 or 299.60 to the eighth mile, which is right up there with the, the, the fastest ever. So the track conditions have to be there. The power is, is has got to be there. So you got to have good air. Even though we're putting nitro and tons of blower on it, you still have to have good air. And, uh, it was just a recipe for hauling ass. I mean, I didn't think, I thought we might run 64 or 65. I didn't think we'd run 63. Uh, 64 is the quickest I'd ever been before. And that was in testing at 337. So uh, to see that 63 and, and you can tell as much as I've driven these cars, I got thousands of laps as much as I've driven them. I could tell when I hit the gas, that shit was happening. Did, like, yeah, I wanted to know that if you could really tell you were going to run that fast or did run that fast. It, 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 when I hit the gas, normally the car kind of drives up, gets on the tire, and then you'll feel you'll feel the tire jiggle a little bit when we're it's in retard for timing, and then when it comes out and this thing jumped up, it felt like it was just standing on top of the tire immediately. It jiggled and then it was just gone, and it's pulling, 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 and and. There's a difference between a 68 and a 72 and, and a 72 and a 75. The, you can tell the difference. If really? you've got a lot of time and a lot of lap time, you can tell. And the difference between like a 67, 68 and that 63, 
is night and day because when you're accelerating that hard and that quick, the car is trying, the rear of the car is trying to pass the front. Hmm. And, you gotta <laughs> be on top. and you're sitting in between the two. <laughs> so you know, you know, those old timey trains, it's got the, like the little point on the front. Yep. Kind of like trying to balance a BB right there. You know, here's, Trying to stay ahead and not get run over. Uh, my next question, though, to me, when I go to the net and I see one of your cars take off, to me, it looks like it's got to be violent inside that cockpit. What does it feel it, like? It's completely stupid. <laughs> when you hit the takes off, like, man, I could have done anything and it not been this terrifying, but I chose to do this. <laughs> um, it's honestly it, it's i got out of the alcohol car got into the top fuel car and i built it up to be a monster i stepped on the gas it went to the 300 foot marker or 330 i shut it off getting my license and and it wasn't that bad but after the 330 is where the top fuel cars really start to accelerate as opposed to anything else and so you're three, three and a half G's as soon as you hit the gas, but closer to the 330 right there around two seconds, it's almost five and a half, five and three quarter G's. It's pulling harder that's, that's out a hell there. That's a load right there. I reckon. It's, yeah. It's <laughs> so, hey, um, so, so as we're getting closer, we're about out of time here, but I know we could talk for hours, but we'll tell the fans and, and make it quick. Once you're what you're once you're down in the tub of the car in the seat, you're strapped in, everything's hooked up, and you fired the motor and you back that car up and you're getting ready to, to launch. What what do you go through? What what do you as a driver have to do inside that car till you hit that gas pedal? So these things are, are direct drives. So you got forward and reverse. And so we roll up, we're pulling into the staging beams. You got a you got a crew guy there that'll pull you up within a certain distance of the stage beam. And then they're adjusting the barrel valve. They're adjusting the idle on the injector. And when, when the guy in front of you gives you the thumbs up or points at you or whatever, gives you the signal that the car is yours, it's time to start, it's time to race, go. That's like signing your name on the dotted line to ride the space shuttle. It's you're cleared for takeoff. <laughs> wow. And you roll in. And so this is a clutch car. It has a clutch pedal and a gas pedal and a handbrake. And so you'll ease off the clutch, roll in, turn the top bulb on, stop. When the other driver does that, we'll then pull the fuel pump wide open. So that fuel pump has been trimmed. At, at the when you're ready to go you pull it wide open you step off the clutch completely and you're holding the brake and the car is sitting there tugging on the engine and then you'll bump in and turn that bottom bulb on so at this time your left foot's off the clutch right foot is on the gas pedal just getting ready to go like at a stoplight and when those amber lights come on you stomp that gas as hard as you can you let off that brake and you make sure that you can grab that steering wheel with that right hand because you need both hands to hold on for dear life. <laughs> drive as straight and as smooth as you possibly can and make sure you know where the parachute lever is because it's come. the end is coming soon and <laughs> your priority is stopping. Yeah, man, you think about that. 3.63 seconds. Yeah, all that. And then you got to get it to remember to slow it down in three seconds. Yeah. That's no, amazing. I mean, to so me, I, it's amazing. That's why I asked the question. Yeah. It just looks violent. Great question. I mean? Great yeah. question. I well, deploy the parachutes 200 feet before the finish line. You know, and I, they'll open. But 200 feet. 
goes by like that. And I mean, you know. Good after. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, Steve Torrance, you've had an incredible career. I mean, just incredible career. And it doesn't look like there's any slowing you down or slowing the Capco boys down and Mama Kay and Dad. And uh, you guys just keep digging it. We really enjoyed having you on the show today. And this is a time, What do you, you got any swag? You got any stories you need to tell? Because it's your story right now. You tell us whatever you want the rest of the world to know at the moment. Guys, I think that, I think that, if you don't know me, look me up. If you come to a race, come see me. I, I, it's, I love to talk to people that have never been to a race. I love to show them around the pits and, and get them interested in drag racing and just sharing what we do with others because, you know, every motorsport has its own difficulties and, and, and ways of driving. And, and you guys that, that drive around in circles, you guys are way more race car mechanic mechanically inclined drivers than us i get in and try to harness power you guys finesse it with adjustments and well hell we got time to screw up that's what amounts to you have no time to screw up (laughs) that's the cool thing about drag racing too is that you get to go down in the pits as a fan you know what i mean just like the commercial says every ticket's a pit pass Yeah. yeah 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 So there you go. So stevetorrance.com, is that where the average fan would find you at? Or is the race team, Capco, where where would they find you at? Uh, TorrenceRacing.com is the website. All the social media would be at Steve Torrance. Um, or Steve, yeah, I think it's all at Steve Torrance. Yeah. I can he doesn't know I where it's at, just like I wouldn't either. Right? Somebody, <laughs> that's a PR gal's uh, responsibility. Exactly. We got a team for that. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Well, congratulations so, to you and all the whole team up there in Brownsburg. You uh, stand tall out there in Texas and can wish you nothing but uh, a couple wins for the next two races here. And uh, remember, the mojo from this show carries on. So you so uh, feel good about it. Yeah. Well, I will be calling you after Vegas and letting you know how the mojo went. All right. Ted. Oh, there Sounds he goes. Good. NHRA champion Steve Torrance. You've been listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass and NASCAR Digital Media.